Okay, let's start our shear this week. Parshas Korach, Tavshanai Gimel. Scheduling notes, Beth Hashem, there will be shiurim um, next week and the following week is earlier in the week each week. Beth um, Hashem, before uh, we have our uh, summer switch to have the shiurim um, from Chutzlaretz, but the next couple of weeks will still be here. Uh, next week will probably be either Sunday or Monday night and the following week as well. So we'll send out the, uh, the message probably, um, we'll see, we'll let everybody know Sunday or Monday. Either way, right now in front of us we have Korach. Vayikach Korach ben Yitzhar ben Kahas ben Levi. Korach took. So before we get into this week's parsha, let's focus on a Rashi in a totally different context, but one that refers to Korach, the beginning of Sefer Dvarim. Pasuk tells us, Eila hadvarim asher diber Moshe al kol Yisrael. These are the things that Moshe spoke to B'nai Yisrael. Be'ever hayardain, ba'midbar, the first Pasuk Advarim is has a list of geography, list of places where Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Yisrael where they were. Ba'midbar, ba'arava, molsuf, be'im parodu ve'tofel, v'lavod v'chaziros v'dizahav. Okay, Chazal tell us, Rashi quotes it, that all of these places are really allusions to... Averos that B'nai Yisrael committed throughout their history up until this point. Molsuf Ba'arava is Baal Pa'or. Molsuf is what they said in the Yamsuf when they complained. Paran Tofelavon Chatzeros. What is Chatzeros? Says Rashi. B'machlokuso Shel Korach. Chatzeros is Korach. The question is, what is Chatzeros connected to Korach? Says the Chidushi Harim in our parsha. Now in source number one, Bitchilas Parshas Dvarim, Maskirah Kadvei Machlos of Korach, and it's referred to as Chatzeros. Why? Those who are learning Dafyomi now will really appreciate this thought. We know much of Maseches Erevin is about the concept of Erev Chatzeros. Erev Chatzeros meaning that there are all a number of houses that all empty into one joint yard. On a Durabana level, one is not allowed to carry in that joint yard because if one carries in that yard, one might be confused and carry into Rosh Hashanah as well into the street. So Chazal made it uh, a takana. All the people, all the families in the yard have to designate two chalas, one meal's worth, put it into a house, and that unites all the houses. That unites all the families, and halachically, they're considered one family. Erev Chatzeros, all you need are two loaves. You don't need two loaves per person or per family. Two loaves for everybody, because that's one. Fa- they're, they're so united, they share one meal. That's Erev Chatzeros. That's what Erev Chatzeros does. It unifies all of the families together. Says the Chidushi Harim, Korach just wanted Chatzeros. He wasn't interested in Erev Chatzeros. He wasn't interested in uniting all of the families. Just Chatzeros. Everybody could be on their own. Machlokes. As the uncle says, the Ispalik Korach. He was separated. That's the very sharp. Chidush Yarim. That's Chatzeros. Machlokuso shel Korach. That's what he says. L'meidamonu mikan. Shaka Hashem is katze. B'nei adamu mischabim el atzadik. Harim is alam lemadregoso. Kilu kulam ke'echad. But when they split, they're just Chatzeros. Psuchos lolo Erev, without an Erev. And that's why he even quotes the Gemara in, in Erevin and in Shabbos that when, it, when Shlomo HaMelech made the Takana of Erev Chatzeros, a Bosco went out from Shemayim and was thrilled. 
and reflected on Kaddish Baruch Hu's Ratzon, that he was so happy, Kaviyocho, that Shlomo HaMelech made this Takana. Why are we so happy? Because as we know, Kaddish Baruch Hu loves Achdus Am Yisrael. Kaddish Baruch Hu will even overlook certain Averos of Ben Adam Lamakom. But when it comes to Ben Adam Lachavero, Kaddish Baruch Hu is very medactic. And that's, that's why there was a Basko, and that's the message of Erev Chatzeros, and Korach was against that. Korach was just Chatzeros. Okay, let's get into the Korach story now. As we know, the first part of our parsha deals with the rebellion of, of Korach. Keep in mind that this parsha is still taking place in the second year, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning of the, of the time period in the Midbar, we have Parsha's Korach. Chukas, all of a sudden, next week, in the middle of the Parsha, Miriam is going to die. So we're going to have 38 years between Korach and Chukas. But right now, we're still at the beginning of the desert um, journey, and it is the story of Korach. So, if we analyze the story, there were a number of players that were in the story. We have Korach. Let's read. Make the come onto the stage again. We know them in Mitzrayim. We know them by the Mun in the Midbar, and here they are again. Their their final their final uh, act. We've spoken about own in the past, not this year. And in front of Moshe stood up 250 men. So we have Korach, we have Dasan and Aviram, and we have the 250, the Reish Nun Anashim, the 250 men. Nesiyei Eida, These were the Nesiyim. And they all came to Moshe and Aaron, all of them. Korach, Dasan and Aviram, the 250 men. Kadoshim. And they said, no, you're taking, you're too powerful. Why do you raise yourself up? As we know, the Machlokas. And as the story begins to unfold, we look towards the end of the story. Moshe Rabbeinu says to the people involved, Pasik Tezayin, Vayir Moshe Korach, Atav v'chaladoscha, Hayu l'fnei Hashem, Atav v'hev Aron Machar. Everybody get together. Ukechu ishmach tason as atem alem ketores. Take Torahs, take incense. Take raftem l'fnei Hashem ichmach tason, chamishimu masayim machtos. 250 men take the machtos and you and Aaron. And they go in, as we know, and they put out their machta. And what occurs, says the Pasik in the continuation, a fire goes out from the Kodesh Kadashim and consumes the 250 men. And then we have the more famous part of the story of Korach and Dasan and Aviram, they, their end is the Bria that HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates at that moment. The question is, why is it that if everybody was together in this rebellion, why were there different punishments? Right? The 250 men were consumed by a fire. Korach they were swallowed up. That's our main question. At the beginning of the parsha, they're all put together. And yet their end is different. Question one. Question two, a question that 
already Rashi deals with the first word of the parsha. Korach, Vayikach, Loshin Yachid. Korach is to blame. We understand that Korach might have been the instigator, but they all followed. Really? Korach is the root, root, root of it all? Doesn't that have of the 250 men that took part? How exactly can we define, can we formulate that it was Korach, and without Korach, the others wouldn't have taken part or have been successful in what they were trying to do? So these and other questions, let us now take a look in the words of the Nitzit. Take a word, look in the words of the Hamak Davar in source number two. Says the Nitzit, Milashon, he starts quoting, Korah came and convinced. It's interesting, right? There's a question that we did not point out. The first Pasik really defines the active parties. And Dasan, and Aviram, and Omen Peles, and the next Pasuk starts with a new verb, by Yakumu, the 250 men, as if they were secondary. So we have Korach gets the verb, by Yikach Korach. But Dasan and Aviram are also included in the first Pasuk, so they're also active players, with the same verb, Vayikach, even though it's singular. The 250 men are in the next Pasuk. But if you think of it, so, so what's, what, what is the, Action that each one is responsible for. Tazan and Aviram are with Korach, but later on, Korach brings the Machta, but Tazan and Aviram aren't bringing the Machta, but Tazan and Aviram get the punishment of Korach, and the 250 men who brought the Machtas don't get the punishment. So, what exactly is going on here? How do we label each of the Chataim that they did? says the we have to define what each of them were, the root chait was, which is parallel to their onish. They weren't the same. Korach, Dasan and Aviram, and the Reish Nun Ish. What were they? As we just pointed out. We don't think about this. We don't focus on the psukim so much. We just think like, oh, everybody got swallowed up. The 250 men didn't get swallowed up if we read the Psukim. Right? They weren't. Only Korach, Va'adato. And the ones, his family, the 250 men were punished separately. Why? They were with him. El Korach, Ish, Dasan, Va'aviram. Dasan and Aviram did not bring the Machtos with the Ktores. Only Korach and the men did. Vigam, Hinigamokom Yisbarach Shmo Kabo Ish. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu really, says the Nitziv, it was a kavod that the 250 men were not swallowed up by the ground. A, such a lowly, mundane demise. And yet, a fire goes out of the Kodesh Kadashim and consumes them. It's not great. We don't wish that on anybody. But it was still better than being swallowed up by the ground. So what is it? So what did they do? What was their kavanis? Al Karchaf Yeshlahab in line seventeen. Sharishnun Ish Hayu Bemes Gadole Yisrael Bechal Prat Gam Beyiras Hashem. The two hundred and fifty men. And this is fascinatingly the Nitzivla Shitaso. The Nitziv says this idea 
by the Egel. He says this idea by Nadav and Aviu, and he's going to say the same idea right here. The Reishnun Ish, ultimately, deep, deep down, they had good Kavanas. What they ultimately wanted to do was to get close to Hashem. That's what they wanted. They weren't calling him. They wanted to be, they wanted more power, but not for personal kavod. They wanted it because they wanted to be close to God. What is Nadav Anaviyu? Thinking back, Nadav Anaviyu. In Eish Zara, all the pshatim by Nadav Anaviyu says that it's if they are Pashashmini. What do you mean a strange fire in Eish Zara? What are the pshatim? They paskin in front of Moshe. They shouldn't have paskin. Why would you do that? Because you're so excited about something. You still have to have covered. You were wrong. But you were so excited. They drank wine, according to an opinion, before they went in. They thought that would help them do the Avodah better. All the different shatim of what of what H. Zara was. Says that it's him over there. Ultimately, they had good kavanas. But you know what the problem was? They created their own mechanisms and strategies to serve God. And that is totally inappropriate and a hate. Even if my kavanas are wonderful, I want to get close to Hashem. But you know what we have to do to get close to Hashem? Kasher tziv Hashem as Moshe. Whatever Kaddish Baruch Hu told us, how do we get close to Him? And within that framework, get close to Him. Back to the Nitziv. V'haisa miniyasa kahuna. Shehi goremes tveikus v'avaz Hashem. They wanted to be Kohanim. I want to work in the Beis HaMikdash. I want to do the Avodah. Ke'esh bo'eres b'kirbam. They were on fire. Not for false kavod. Because they wanted to do the avodah. They believed in Moshe. They believed in Aaron. They just said, we want it too. It's not fair. But it's different than if my words are echoing a little bit from Barchas Baloscha, what are the people who at Tameh say to Moshe? Could you please find us a way, Lamani Gara? They didn't do anything themselves. The Pesach Sheni people. They went to Moshe and said, you figure it out for us. Here they didn't do that. Here it was, they did something against what Moshe said. They were Mahar after Moshe. They said, we want it. It'll be worth it for us. Interestingly, this was after the whole Pesach Sheni story. Maybe they were influenced by it somehow. Wasn't that long after. And this is, is as what's included in the Medrash that tells us the story about the, the um, 250 men. The Medrash uses the Lashon of Chote al Nafshel. And it proves from Sukkim that that is an allusion to this type of, of hate, where somebody wants to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but is using the wrong avenues. Says the Nitziv now on the top of the third column, Vihinei, they really shouldn't have been able to bring the Torahs. Remember, they weren't Levim. Right? Shevet Reuven. We want to bring Torahs. We know it's the most special avoda. So when Korach knew this fire was in them, Korach, as we'll see in a minute, did not have such pure kavanas. But he knew that these men, they wanted to be Kohanim like nothing. They wanted it so much. So Korach, Korach worked on this. He worked on this fire that they had inside of them. But because really, they were seduced, so to speak, by Korach, they deserved to die. 
because they were doing the avoda, the, right, when they were inappropriately. They weren't kohanim, but not like Korach. Mishum shahachi ne'enshu b'sreifa b'eshe yatsa mikodesh hakadashim. Didn't see anyone. Maybe the Nitziv is means this implicitly, just like the Aish that ate Nadav and Aviyu. Same idea, right? There's the Aish coming from the Kodesh Kadashim. This is an Aish Zara. When it's inside of you and you follow Allah, that's an Aish. But this is Aish Zara connected to Avodah Zara. This is a strange fire. It's not Avodah Hashem. As we've I've said before, this was they were wrong. But they met their own end. Even though Korach did the exact same action as they did. The fire only went out. 250 men didn't go to Korach. Korach, we have a, something special for you. Lochein dasan va'aviram. Dasan and aviram, no fire. No holy fire coming out of the Kodesh Kadashim. Because they didn't have a fire and a desire to do the Avodah. These, these men have a whole, they have a history. Right, look in their in their their crime file. You know that we know what they've been doing before. Hey, Mahayurachokim Mitaival Yonazu. They are very far from this taiva, this desire. Ki im shahayu bateva baale machlokas, visone moshe obimitsrayim. Inherently these were Baale Machlokas, argumentative people, as the Gemara says in Adarim. The Koshigenata. And now they know. Now they know we're, we're finished. We're in the midbar for the next forty years. We're going to die here. What do we have to lose? You know what? Get swallowed up by the ground. That's why Nazav and Aviyu were not like the two hundred and fifty men. Amnam Korach. So now what about Korach? Two hundred and fifty men. We explained. Great Kavanas misled. It was their fault. But ultimately, they are good kavanas intentions, and therefore, they have the fire from the Kodesh Kadashim. Dust and Avirim was swallowed up. What about Korach? Korach ve'emes hayadam gadol. V'roi l'tavas ha'reish ish. He was somewhat connected to those 250 men. He wanted to do the Ktores. Really, he wanted that covenant. And to the outsider, there was no difference between the 250 men and Korach. So when the rest of Am Yisrael saw this, they started wondering, why did Korach not get zapped? What's going on with Korach? Only later they realized there was a big difference. He wasn't like them. The kinas hasrara achalasu was all about jealousy for the title. It was kina taiva kavin motzinas adam in olam. Literally, alkain asamaisa arishon ish. That's why he wanted to do the ktores, but he had he had much more evil kavanas than the two fifty men v'neenash kedasan va'aviram. And that's why we have beautifully why Korach. And the 250 men, they were the ones that did the Torahs with Dustin and Aviram. They weren't interested. They just wanted to start it with Moshe. They had no reason that they wanted to do the Torahs. But why then did Korach not die like the 250 men? We explained it because they had very different kavanas. It doesn't Aviram ended up like Korach. Good. The one final point that we didn't explain yet, we didn't get back to the Vayikach in the first Pasik. Korach still gets even more of the blame in the first word that Dustin and Aviram does. Says the Nitziv one more ha'ara. Turning the page. Turning the page. Says the Nitziv. Nothing could have happened without Korach. Why is that? 
Vihine Yadua, Asha Yere Hashem Ba'amusim Beprishus, Enom Yecholam Lohatzis Machlokas. The 250 men, they had this great desire, but they wouldn't have acted upon it without their, the match, so to speak, being lit. They had it in them, but inherently they weren't Ba'alei Machlokas. They were Kriye Moe, Anshe Shame. Korach lit them. And they believed in Moshe. So number one, they wouldn't have had the Machlokas. But on the other hand, Dustin and Aviram also. There's a history with these guys. Remember they came and they told everybody there's money outside and everybody went outside and the birds ate it up and they looked like fools. Right? They know. Everybody knows about these characters. So nobody would have believed them and they couldn't have led a rebellion by themselves but they had the machlokas elements. V'chein dasen v'aviram shayu yudun l'ba'ali rivu madon v'soni Moshe lo hayu b'kocham l'hamshich ha'kal ha'chareb they wouldn't have been able to be the instigators to bring the kal after them. V'nesiyei mo'ed k'riyei mo'ed anshei shame those were chasha people you have 250 men like that? Ah! Korach takes the kochos of each one he takes the machlokes of Dasan and Aviram. He takes the koach of, of the masses, of being leaders from the Reish Nunish. He puts them together and uses it in his power in order to create this massive rebellion. And that's Korach, that's Vayikach. Alkain skipping up down a few lines. Lokach elav, Dasan and Aviram, umasalam dvarim kefi daito arachava. So putting these two together... It's all because of Korach. Nothing would have happened without him. Nimsa, Kalin Yinikra Shem Korach, Fahua Iker, Vedasan, Vaver, Haem Saim, Dasan and Aviram get to be in the, the first passing of the parsha because they were also active. The Rachel and Ish were more of the active only after being convinced and seduced, and that's why they're in the second passing with a separate word of Vayakum. So this is the major thesis of the Nitziv, which gives us a whole new insight into the Korach story. It wasn't just everybody together on mass rebelling, but really everybody had their own elements and their own kavanos of what they want. Okay. A couple of other points related to Korach. First is an interesting creative thought from the Chassam Sofer. It's quoted in the Yam Simcha, Rabbi Fried from Lakewood in source number four. Vayikach Korach. Yadua, he says, Mashamebi Rashi Bedrashas Chazal, as we know, that Korach was cholik on the Kahuna. Shahayah Aaron. Right? Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Ask the, the Yam Simcha, basically the Chsam Sofer also. If Aaron was the main player here, and they were mostly against Aaron Akohain, so why was he basically silent in the whole parsha? Who's the active now? Moshe. They were upset at Moshe's appointment, but really. The one they were after was Aaron. But he was silent. In all the discussions that we have, Aaron is not the one that comes. They came, they, they argued to Moshe and Aaron. Right? Ravachem, Maduatis Nasu, Vayishma Moshe, Vayipalpana, Vayadabir al Korach, Moshe is talking. Vayyam Moshe al Korach, Shimon Abade Levi, Vayishlach Moshe, like Rolodasan Laviram, Vayichal Moshe Maod, Vayomar al Hashem, Vayomar Moshe al Korach, Aaron's silent, nothing. Until Moshe tells Aaron what to do. You take your... Is that what? He's no gabadover? He can't like be involved because it's about him? Moshe is totally front and center and Aaron is totally on the side. Why is that? 
says the Chassam Sofer, top left, Yeshlomar Chassam Sofer in one of the drushes. De Moshe Rabbeinu, as we know from a Chazal in Parsha Shmos, Moshe Rabbeinu, the original plan, so to speak, in God's mind, if we could say that, was that Moshe should be the Kohen Gadol. The Moshe Rabbeinu, all of us, I'm sorry, can I go back for a minute and, and bolster the question, and then we'll get to the answer. Let me bolster the question one more. Chazal even say on line six, back in source, in the first column, that Kohanim have a certain, not a type A personality, but they get more excited about things. Brothers of the Gemara says, this isn't an excuse for a Kohen to, to be out of control. But the Gemara says, Kohanim kapdani ninu, the Gemara says, the Pazik says in Oshea. And Davka Aaron was an Odiv Shalom, and Arodiv Shalom. And Moshe was the one that's screaming in this parsha, and next week's parsha, Moshe gets a, could get a little angry when he wanted to. So Davka, but what do you mean? It's supposed to be the Kohanim. So now we get to the answer. Says the Chassam Sofer, the original plan, Bitchila, was that Moshe was supposed to be the Kohen. The Moshe Kohen. I wrote in the word because it was a little rubbed out. Ella. But what happened? Because, remember Moshe Rabbeinu and Shmos? No, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Five times Hashem says you're going. He keeps and keeps refusing. Finally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets so He says, forget it. I'm taking, okay, you have to go, but I'm taking something away from you. If Hashem asks you something five times, you know, please, you know, do me a favor and and listen. Hoel v'sirei v'shlichus nitlokunami Moshe as the Pasuk said on the Pasuk in Shmos, Nimsa, Moshe, by nature, was supposed to be the Kohen, and not Aaron. Says the Chazam Sofer, even when it was switched, the Mahus of Moshe was still Kohanic. And therefore, the Kapdani nature of Kahuna stuck with Moshe. Well, Aaron a Kohen inherently wasn't a Kohen, so to speak, and he was the Oev Shalom and the Rodev Shalom. Shai Eloha Ya Kohen Be'etzem told us so. O Mishamachia in your Oev Shalom, Rodev Shalom, Yosemi Moshe, and maybe that's why in this parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu, besides the reason of Aaron was the Nogeyabadavar, but Moshe was the Kaptan, because he at root had Kohanic blood in him, even though afterwards. There's no more, Hashem took it away from him. So now only Aaron has Kohanic blood, and Moshe Rabbeinu has Levite blood. Okay, now we get to something very unique. Very unique. There is a Gemara in Mesechah's Nedarim. Again, this is all, all these first couple of thoughts on this week are Korach related. Right, we have two major discussions in this week's Parsha. The first half of the Parsha is Korach. The second half of the Parsha are, is everything that has to do with Kohanim and Leviim and the Manas Kahuna as we'll get to by the Hashem a little bit. Says the Gemara in Nidarim, on Daflamites. You have it there in source number five. Darash Rava. V'yami la'am Rabbi Yitzchak. Ma'idachsiv, the Pasuk in Chabakuk. Shemesh Yareach Amad Zvula. Shemesh Yareach Bizvul. Asks the Gemara. Ma'i ba'ayan v'habarakia keviyeh. There are different levels of heavens. The Gemara Chagiga discusses this also. We know, we say, after Yom Kippur, Hashem Hu Elohim, we say it seven times, because according to Chazal, Hashem's presence, Kaviyachal, is going back up. He was close by during Aserah Simei Tshuva. There are seven levels of heaven. One of the upper ones is Zvul. 
The Pasik says that the Shemesh and the Yareach were in Zvul. Asks the Gemara, what were they doing in Zvul? That's a, an upper level that even above the physical constellations. What were they doing there? So the Pasik says, the Medrash says, the sun and the moon went up from the Rakia to Zvul. The Amrulafanat. And they, the sun and the moon complained to Hashem. Ribonoshalam. Imata Osedin Laben Amram Anu Meirim. Hashem. If you do something for Moshe at this stage in history, as we'll see by Korach, we'll keep we'll keep shining. We'll keep doing our job. The Imlav Enad Anu Meirim. Pretty bold. The sun and the moon say to HaKadosh Baruch God, you better do something for Moshe. For Ben Amram. Right? If you don't do anything for him, then we're not, I'm not shining tomorrow, says the sun. At that moment, HaKadosh Baruch says, figuratively, shoots arrows at them. Meaning, what are you doing? You're my service. And Amalayim even says to them, Bechol Yom Bayom, Every day, these, the people in the world bow down to you guys. And that you don't complain about. You don't complain for my covenant. All of a sudden, if a Moshe Rabbeinu is covenant, you're complaining? That's the conversation. What the Shemesh and the Reich was doing in Zvul. So there's a lot to discuss on this Gemara, but we'll focus on one question. And that is, there were many times and many chataim that were involved in Jewish history. Specifically, the Korach Rebellion is the one that the sun and the moon got upset about. You know, Ben Amram, save him, God. I shouldn't do something. Why were the sun and the moon so upset about this one? Why? Says the Iyun Yaakov. From one of the, right, in, the, in the Ein Yaakov, there's a whole set of Mepharshim on Agadata, the Ian Yaakov, the Gaon Yaakov, the, um, the Sefer Hakosev, all different Pshatim, uh, the, the Marsha is again quoted there. The Ian Yaakov is the same author as the Shavuos Yaakov, or Yaakov Reicher from the 1700s. He says as follows. Why the sun and the moon specifically here? Amru Chazal, Amru Rabbi Yochanan, on only great people. Moshe Rabbeinu was the source. He was an Anav, he was a Chacham, he was a Gibar. You learn that from all Moshe Rabbeinu. Line 3. Ulam Adas Korach, Shekinu Bechilku al Moshe. What did the Adas Korach come and say? No, 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 no. Moshe, you're not special. You can't appoint people. You're not special. We're all like you. We've spoken in past years about our salvation's beautiful article about the common sense rebellion of Korach. But that was Korach's taina. Moshe, you're no better than us. Let's keep that thought in mind for a minute. Says the Mishnah in the first parak in Meseches Sota. Yosef Zachal Ligbaras Aviv. Yosef was the one to bury his father. Yosef was the one in charge of burying Yaakov Avinu. And there was nobody greater than Yosef. Yosef was the man. Yosef was the greatest and he buried Yaakov. Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest and he buried Yosef. So Yosef was the greatest. He took care of Yaakov. 
He was the greatest and he did Kvura. Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest and he did Yosef. And then who buries Moshe Rabbeinu? HaKadosh Baruch. That's the line. Moshe Zacha Ba'atzmos Yosef, Ve'en B'Yisrael Gadol Mimenu, Ve'yikach Moshe Zacha Yosef Imo, as the Pazik says in B'Shalach, Mi Gadol Mimoshe Zacha Ba'atzmos HaKadosh Baruch who buries Moshe Rabbeinu, as it says in Zosabrach. Question. How do we know that Yosef was the greatest of the brothers? Okay, we get that. He did an amazing right, uh, job in, the, in his Avodim Israel. But what made him the greatest? Where in the Torah do you see, compared to the other brothers, he was the greatest? Which then leads us to say, Yosef was the greatest, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu the greatest. To Yosef and HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe Rabbeinu. L'chora says the Shvus Yaakov, says the Ion Yaakov, from Yosef's dream. Shetzarach my line 14. What happened in the dream? The sun, the moon, the stars. The, con- the unbelievable constellations that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created, they bowed down to Yosef. They didn't bow down to any of the other brothers. And all the other brothers bowed down, right, as, as the stars. But the sun and the moon are the stars. The sun and the moon are unbelievable be- creations. And they bowed down to Yosef. It must be that Yosef is the greatest. So let's just add a step to what we just said. How do you know Yosef's the greatest? From the sun and the moon and the stars bowing down to him. And therefore, Yosef's the greatest and Moshe's the greatest and he's buried by Kaddish Baruch Hu. Says the Shavuz Yaakov, what does Korach say? Moshe, you're no better than us. Kikola Eida Kulam Kedoshim. We're all equal. The sun and the moon go up to Kaddish Baruch Hu. You better do something about this. Why do the sun and the moon go up? Says the Ion Yaakov. Because if Moshe isn't special, so then the whole Mida connected Mida, Yosef must not have been special. Why isn't Yosef special? The sun and the moon bow down. It must be the sun and the moon aren't special. And that doesn't reflect something great about Bria Saola. That's why the sun and the moon are the ones that Padafka go up to Zvul to complain about Adas Korach. Let's just read that inside. Line 18. Vikashar Kamu Korach Ba'adaso. When Korach in his Echta. <coughs> Uh, get up, stand up. It ta'anu, and they complain. Ki ma'alas Moshe ainu gedola. Mi ma'alas kol adam acher bi Yisrael. He's no greater. Im Cain. If that's true, tzarech lomar shegamalas Yosef loaisa gedola mishalachiv. Yosef wasn't great, even though the sun and the moon and the stars bowed down to him. Kinner eh shekorach lo ra gamboham alach hashivas gedola. It must be korach didn't see Milo in the sun and the moon. Lo pala. Therefore, it's no wonder. HaKadosh Baruch Hu still gets upset. What about my covenant? What about Avodah Zara? You care about Moshe's covenant, not about my covenant. Either way, that was the Gemara, and that's why Dafka, the sun and the moon, are complaining. Okay. Moving right along. One final thought related to Inyanim of Korach. One final thought. And it's a Rav Yerucham. It's a ha'ara. It's a ha'ara pshat and a rashi. Beginning of the parsha, as we have Moshe Rabbeinu defending, and now once you see the ha'ara before that we made of Moshe and Aaron silence, it's it just runs through the parsha. Moshe is the active one, and Aaron does nothing. He is just told what to do. Says the pasuk, "Vaydaber al Korach al Kol Dasole Mar." Moshe says to Korach and his Eida, "Boker." In the morning, Boker, or as clear as the morning, Hashem will make known 
who is to him, Kadosh, and who is holy, whoever he chooses, Okay, take machtos, get ready, and let's do this. Put fire, v'simul and katores, take katores, and v'hoyah ha'isha she'evchar Hashem hu ha'kadosh, rav lochem b'nei levi. Just thinking about it now, it is interesting, it's amazing. Nadav and Avi, a war wasn't so long ago. It was not so long ago. It was within the year. And they, they were totally not focused on them. Fire, ketores, esh, and yet, Rav Lachem, Moshe Rabbein is warning them, Nothing. Straight. Says Rashi. Rav Lachem b'nei Levi. Rav Yeruchim quotes it in the beginning of source number seven. Says Rashi. V'lo tipshim hayu. Shekach hisra v'ahem v'kibla aleim l'karev. They were so foolish. I don't understand. How could they do this? Weren't they foolish? Right. Rashi quotes this. So what does he say? Ella heim chatu al nafshosa. They were chotei, they sinned on their nefesh. What does that mean? What does that mean, they sinned? Says Rabbi Yerochim quoting Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. An amazing ha'ara. Yadua ha'ara shal Yisrael Salanter. We're going to make it yadua right now. Alahechi timsi shel i yirat shamayim. Let me give you an example of someone who lacks yirat shamayim. He said it's, it's unbelievable to think that somebody would not have at least a small amount of Yerat Shemayim. Because let me give you a mashal, says Yerat Yisrael Salater. Somebody is very, very thirsty. Let's say somebody just ran a couple, couple miles or kilometers, depending where you're from, and they come in and they're thirsty and they need a drink. And they see an ice-cold glass of water on the counter. Cold, beautiful. Ah, and they're about to drink it. And there's a hundred people in the room and they're like, this is great water. It's amazing. It's fresh. It's cold. It's, it's um, refreshing. Have some water. Let's say there's one man. One man out of a thousand in the room. Even someone who's not fully there. He's not fully there. Says to him, there's poison in the water. And the other thousand people say, there's no poison there. Of course there's no poison there. He's voice crazy. A thousand people say the water's fine. One person who's only half there says, no, 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 there's poison in there. Is anybody going to drink the water? A thousand people say it's fine. A thousand people. Hare Takeif, what is he going to do? He's thirsty. He's dying for a drink of water. He's not going to touch it. There's no chance he's going to touch the water. A thousand people say it's fine. One person says they're poison. He's not going to touch it. Why not? Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense if a thousand people are telling you something. Why? Because there's a chance it's poisonous and I'm not taking that chance. There's a chance. A tiny little chance. And with all this, he's scared. What's called libo nokfo. 
His heart is being pulled. He can't get over it. There's a chash. It might be poisonous. Says of Yisrael Salanter, why don't we have the same feelings when it comes to Ruchnius? When it comes to Yerushamayim? What happens if there's a 99% chance that something's kosher? And a thousand people say it's kosher. One person says it's not kosher. Yeah, it's fine. It's, a one, it's only one out of a thousand that it's, it's, it's killing my neshama. The only 999 that it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. A person, we go, and we don't think. In the back of our mind, in our minds, we know there's something called Yerat Shemayim. And we know there's going to be Schar Onesh. And we know that every, we're going to see, after 120 years, we're going to see a video of our entire life. After 120 years. And Akkadosh Baruch is going to say, what happened here? Was this okay? And we have to be proud of it. We have to try to do whatever we can to say, yeah, check out that day. Look at that mitzvah. To be proud of as much of the video as we can. As we can. So why is it, says Rav Yeruchim, quoting Rav Yisrael Salanter, we have difficulty. It's human nature. Because physical poison, you know, you're at Shemayim, it doesn't mean the same thing to us. But he says that's what happens here. Moshe Rabbeinu Masros, and Moshe tells them, do you know that if you bring these in, Hashem's going to choose one person and the rest of you are going to die. There are 250 of them. So 249 of them are going to die. Each one of them thinks, I'm the one. I'm the one. And, and Aaron, for sure, he's not the one. He makes the connection. only happened a few months before. You can't explain it. You can't explain it. He named Vade Hachotem Anashosam. That's Rashi. They're Chote on their Nefesh. Because it's, it's inexplicable. We, when we discussed this before, in past, past years, we discussed this in Mitzrayim. Remember in Mitzrayim after a couple of Makkas, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, and Moshe Rabbeinu tells Paro, there's going to be the Makkah of Barad. And there's going to be hail coming down and fire and water. And what does it say? Says the people that are here at Shemayim, you know, that feared, you know, brought their animals inside. Vasher lo libo, you know, left their animals outside. Let's think about this one for a minute. There's already been six makos. They've already all come true. Everyone. Damsvar de Akinamar Devashkin. Right? They're, it's amazing. And then they forecast there's going to be fiery ice that is are coming down from heaven. It's going to happen tomorrow at this exact time. And there are people, how, what tirchah would it be just to move the animals inside? But there were people in Mitzrayim that said to themselves, it's not going to happen. It's not even a shash that they would take their animals inside. That's an unbelievably stubborn attitude, but that's a chote al hanefesh. Because it's not real to us. Because when we don't want to believe something, we can convince ourselves that we're right. Even though it's staring at us in the face, the MS, the objective truth. But that's what happened with these, these men. Tragically, tragically, it happened, Rav Lachem B'nai Levi, and they couldn't get over it. Okay, but let's remember that mashal of the thousand and the one with the water, and whenever a questionable situation comes up in Aruchnius, let's try to be Choshesh. Let's try to at least be Choshesh. Okay, that takes us through Karach. Now let's talk about a couple of the other mitzvos that are in the rest of the parsha. 
First, a thought related to the mitzvah of Pidyon Aben. Two thoughts about Pidyon Aben. One, a conceptual thought, and one, a halachic, interesting thought. First, we might have mentioned this in other contexts, but it, Pidyon Aben comes up both in, Parsh, in Sefer Shmos, Parsh's bow, and also right here, the mitzvah is counted by the Rishonim based on the Pasuk here in Perak Yudches, Pasuk Tesvav. Remember, the reason that all of the mitzvot are in the second name of Korach is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to, to cement the validity and the status of Aaron HaKohen after the whole story. Hashem says, okay, these are all the Matnas Kahuna. So you make sure that these are the Kohanim. So in Perak Yudches, Pasuk Tesvav, one of the Matnas Kahuna is the five slime that we give to the Kohen. Ufiduyav. Every petarechem, every first that comes out of the womb, <coughs> will be to you koanim. Koanim get the firstborn of every, right, certain kosher animals, and man, redeem, redeem the firstborn, and the Bechar of Behemoth Tamea Tifteh, that is only by one of them. It says Behemoth Tamea here, but there's only one Behemoth Tamea that has any kind of status. That's made clear elsewhere in the Torah, and that is Chamor. Petr Chamor Tifteh Veseh. We know it's a mitzvah saseh da'araisa. If a Jew owns a donkey, and a donkey has a firstborn, then there is no Kedusha there, but there is a status. And the Jew has to change the, change the status from a donkey onto a sheep, Give the sheep to the Kohen, and then the Yisrael could keep the donkey. A mitzvah says it's noig bismanazeh. But there aren't just too many Jews that own donkeys. But there are peter, peter chamar ceremonies that are, that are done bismanazeh today as well. Okay. Ufidu'e b'in chodesh tifteh, be'erkecha kesef chamesha shkalam shekel ha'kodesh, esrim geira Good. Says the Taz. The Taz doesn't make it too often to our parshashir, so we give him some time tonight. The Taz, great commentary on Shulchan Aruch. He also, he has a commentary on Rashi called the Divrei David. It's quoted by the Sipsei Chachamim every couple of pages. But this is from his commentary on Yeridea in Hawachos of Bechar. Says the Taz, if we put all the mitzvahs together, there are three mitzvahs that we do related to firstborns. Three mitzvahs. We have the firstborn of a kosher animal, firstborn of a sheep. What do we do with that? We give that as a carbon. That's a Bechar. We give that to the Kohen. That's a, one of the Manas Kahuna. We give a Bechar. Number two, the firstborn of a donkey. Petachamar Tiftevaset. We have to change the, the status onto the sheep. If we don't do that, we have to break the neck of the donkey. We've spoken about the symbolism of that in the past as well. Third mitzvah, Pidyon Aben. Pidyon Aben, the son, so to speak, also has a status. And we switch the status onto the money. The money has Kusha. We give it to the Kohen. Ask the Taz, quoting the Prisha, a simple question. Two out of three of these mitzvos get a bracha, but not the third. And the question is why? The Prisha asks here in Shincha Falaf and Yeridea, but Prisha Hiksha, Lama Lama Varchim Gamkin Anasinas Bachar Behemot Tahara Lakoin, Kemo Bepidion Petach Hamar Bepidion Bachar Adam. If any Jew owns a donkey and he does the mitzvah, of, which is Noah Bismanazeh. Which is Noah Bismanazeh. It's just that we haven't heard of it so often because there aren't so many Jews. But if you Google Petachamar ceremony, 
a couple of years ago, when it came up in, my, in the midst of a shir, I googled it. There was this whole big ceremony that I saw it in Australia. They had a Petach Hamar ceremony, but they do the ceremony. You make a bracha. I think it's Al Pidyon Petach Hamar. Asher Kedushanim is other Zivanu. Petach Hamar gets a bracha. Pidyon Aben we don't get a bracha. Those who are zochet to do the mitzvah, Pidyon Aben make a bracha. But Bachar Behema Tahora does not get a bracha. The Bachar goes to the Kohen, no bracha. Why? What's the difference? What's the difference between Pidyon Aben? And Petr Chamar versus Bechar Behemoth Tahor. That's the Prisha's question. Two answers. The first by the Prisha and the second by the Tats. Says the Prisha. Line two. V'tirets. De'ein mevarech ela kishen nishar biyado mimasha hayakodesh. V'nosein midi achrinit tachtav. The Prisha says you only make a bracha when you give something and you receive something. When something remains in your rishus, I give the sheep, I keep the donkey. I give the money, I keep the kid, the boy. But, what do I do? I give the carbon. Nothing. That's it. I don't have anything. I have nothing. That's the Prisha. Ask the Taz, why is that, why is that true? You make brachas all the time. It's not always on, you know, things that you have. This is a birchas a mitzvah. At every birchas a mitzvah, you have something. No, birchas a mitzvah, you do a mitzvah. You don't have, you don't have, it's not a requirement to own something when you <coughs> make a birchas a mitzvah. Right? Birchas a Torah in the morning, the tilos yadayim, any birchas a mitzvah that we do. Why should you have to keep something, to have something remaining? So the Taz gives a, uh, an answer that goes to the root of these mitzvahs. But first he asked the question, Why don't you make the bracha? Who cares? You have nothing in your hand. If you're doing a mitzvah, you're doing a mitzvah. There's no requirement to own, to have something. So Benirali says the Taz, no, straightforward. And this is a Yesod Gadol in mitzvahs in general. De'ein shayich bracha ela b'masha ose adam mishelo a birchas ha-mitzvah is only when I am accomplishing something. When I'm doing something with my mitzvah. Al zeh mevarech. Shezacha la'asos mishelo ratzon ha-makom barachu. Thank you, Hashem. It's a recognition. Asher kiddushanu b'mitzvosa v'tzivanu. It's a recognition. So, by pidyon ha-ben, I'm doing something. I'm accomplishing something. My son has a status. I am transferring the Kedusha onto the money. There's a status of the donkey. I am transferring it onto the sheep. By Bechar Behemoth Tahora, what am I doing? The Bechar is born. It is a carbon automatically. The mitzvah is just to facilitate and give it to the Kohen. But I have to give it to the Kohen anyway. Even if I'm screaming all day, this is the Kohen's. Even if I, as the baby comes out, it's not a Bechar, it's not a Bechar, it's not a Bechar, it's a Bechar. I can't prevent it. It's automatic. So I'm not really doing anything by the mitzvah of Bechar Behemoth Tahora. That's why there's no Bracha. Masha'enkein be'bechar. Shtemei olam lo hayel Yisrael z'chuzba mishanolad. Who, because of the Rechman, it belongs to the Kohen. Automatically. Fa'vi ki'ilu lo nola lo oso Bechar. It's as if 
it wasn't mine in the first place. Elakilu Nolad, but based Kohen, me paraso. It's as if the Kohen had this baby cow. The Rachmana Zika Lobakaf. Kamoshakasav, Kalpeta Rechem Lias, the Pazak says. Al Kain ain't Shaykh Lavarech, Kihu ain't Ose Klum, me Mamono. That's the. That's the Taz. I, some of you out there might be saying, I want about Kiddush, it's also Shabbos, even if I don't want to. That's not a Berchaz HaMitzvah. That's Shevach V'hodah. Whatever it is, it's, it's a recognition of Shabbos. That's not Dafka Berchaz HaMitzvah. Kiddush is a Mitzvah. But there's no Berchaz HaMitzvah on Kiddush. We don't say, before we make Kiddush, Baruch HaTashem Al-Kenem HaKalav HaShikon HaSonim Mizot Zivon HaKadish HaShabbos. Yom HaShishi. Right, we don't say that. For various reasons. There's no separate Berchaz HaMitzvah on Kiddush. Kiddush is a mitzvah. But there's only a bracha, says the Taz, when I'm doing something. There's only a brachas ha-mitzvah when I'm doing something. Shalach v'hodah, obviously, I'm not doing anything. I am recognizing God's greatness and God's actions. Okay, that's the Taz. One other point related to Binyan Aben, before we have one final thought. And that is just an interesting tshuva of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, in source number nine. It's a radical tshuva. We don't usually uh, assume like this, but I'll give it to you and... Um, he has some, Shilos Yavetz in general, has some uh, unique chuvas where he goes against much of what we, what we believe and what we think. Ra'isi lahaskir be'inyin. Ma'shanoagim harbikonim lahaskir apinyon. There's a minhag in some circles, even today, even today, Tavshanayin Gimel, not just today in the times of Rakav Amdin, that after Pidyon Aben is done, the Kohen gives back the money. Not chas v'shalom that there was a matana amanas lahatzir. It was given, but the coin says, "What am I going to do with these coins?" He gives it back as a souvenir. You know, keep your keep the coins, keep the silver. You know, so that in thirty years you can show your son what, what you use for his pidyon abed. But there is this minhag. It's not well. It's not obligated. Or we don't think. But this is a minhag. Says Rebecca. Says Rebecca I think it's a good minhag. Shenachunu be'enai v'tov yashar. And not only is it okay, but it should be done. Should be done. Why should it be done? Even though you, the questioner, said that maybe it's not appropriate because <coughs> then people will think they're not really giving anything. No. The Kohen should keep it only in the olden days when we had what was called Kohanim Miyuchasim. Kohanim that knew their lineage going back to Aaron Akohen. But most Kohanim are what we call Kohanim Chazaka. They're Muchzak to be Kohanim. They're not Miyuchas to be Kohanim. So says Rabbi Yaakov Anton, the Halacha is somewhat different. We're Machmir to assume they're Kohanim, meaning a Kohen can't go into a cemetery. V'chulu. And we're, we're machmir, but here we're talking about Dine Mamedus. Here the Kohen is taking money from their fellow Jew. They're only Kohanim Muchzakim. Niresh and Kohan Yafelav Kiyamamo Bechazkasa Nagarua. That's not good. Okay, they want a Duchin, they could Duchin. What's the risk factor for anybody else? Okay, they're saying a bracha. What's the word? They're a Yisrael and saying a bracha? Okay. We can assume that they're Kohanim for that. Let them bench first. Let them get the first Aliyah. But here is the Imamadis, says the Shalos Yavits. So I think it's a great idea to give it back and that they should. And then he even goes farther. 
And this is very radical. The end of line 17. Gamir, and he even backs off on this in his own shuva. But even the fact that he just mentions it shows how uncomfortable he is with the state of Kahuna Bismanazet. Gamir Ali, Shalatesi Dei Kol Safeka Efshari, Yesh Gamkin Al Ha'av Liftos Bechoro. I'm sorry, two, two steps he says. First he says, also, because you have a Safek, whenever you meet a new Kohen, give him five slime. Because who knows if the first 33 Kohanim that you already gave to were Kohanim. And this was what they quote between the Vilna Gon. They say the Gra was a Bechar, and therefore, every time you met a new Kohen, he gave him five slime, just to be safe. That was the Gra. But says Rabbi Yaakov, and then, Yesh Gavgad Alav Liftos Bechoro, Mikol HaKohanim Sheyuchal Limso, Dilma Misraim Alikoim Yuchas Vaday. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the good one. And then he says what's really radical, and the time Anami, I think even firstborns of Kohanim and Levium today should give Pidyon HaBen to another Kohen. Because maybe they're not Kohanim. And then he says, okay, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't go so far because then they're not going to think they're Kohanim and then the whole thing was going to nispar the HaChavila, as it's called. But he even suggests that. We assume that Kohanim that we have today are Kohanim and the money does not have to be given back. If they want to, they can. But you just see how uh, an example of a tr- uh, uh, one of the post Hadar that is so uncomfortable with the fact that we don't know Bavadai, you know, who we are and what status all of us have. Okay, one final thought for the evening, which is not as famous as a mitzvah as Pidyon Aben, but it's at the end of the Parsha. Perek Yurches, Pasuk In the section relating to the jobs of a Kohen and the a mitzvot that we have to give them. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, we'll start with Pasuk Beis and Gimel, Bring close the Kohanim and the Levim. They shall serve you. And they will guard the Mishmeres. Now Pasuk Dalad. They will guard the Mishmeres. They will guard the Oel Moed. This Pasuk is a mitzvah asay da'oraisa called Shmiras Mikdash. The first mission in Meseches Tamid, the first mission in Meseches Midos, describes the watches that took place at various sections, various doors, corners in the base of Mikdash. They were guards. It's a mitzvah asay da'oraisa. Says the Sefer HaChinuch in source number 10. The Kohanim had certain places where they guarded. The Levim had certain places where they guarded. Every night, different places. They did have had rotations. We'll stop there for a minute. That's the mitzvah. To guard the Mikdash. Shmira. What's the Tama mitzvah? What's the Shorish of the mitzvah? What would we suggest? So the Pashtus is, read the next few words of the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? For next four words of the Pasuk, Vizar lo Azar, a non-Kohen should not get close. Meaning, they should guard it that people who shouldn't be there are not there. No Yisrael wanders into the Beis Amigdash doing the Avoda, going to a place where they can't go. Shmira, because you have to make sure that nobody goes too far. Or, other Rishonim say, you want to make sure that nobody steals anything. There's a lot of a lot of precious, precious kalim in the base of Mikdash. You don't want anybody uh, walking off with anything. 
They use 90 plus kalim every day in the base side Mikdash. 93, I think Chazal say. 94. So Shmira, literally. The Sefer Chinuch has a different idea, though. Shmira side Mikdash is not just about practically guarding it. But, and we can appreciate this in our day and age. The Shmira Zul line 3, he, Kedei Lechavdo, Ularomimo, Ularfaro. To honor and to glorify and to respect the place. Not because we are nervous about a certain enemy, a certain type of uh, geneva that's going to take place. No, that's not the issue. And he continues in the next paragraph. Misharshi mitzvah. Whatever in many times. The more we can be and create an inspirational place where we could go to three times a year, Mechuyev, and other times, so that can inspire us throughout the year. We mentioned a few weeks ago that they're connected to the Mitzvah of Meisr Shani, that there's always, we're always going to Yerushalayim, we're always seeing the place. Says the Sefer Achinuch, this Shmira is just to be Mechabi, the place. So, as we know, there's a certain palace in England. There are guards there. Nothing to do with Shmira. There's a big gate around, around the palace. And everybody goes to watch the guards. What are the guards doing? Keep it a bias. Roma was a bias. When there's a special place, we're mechabed it by a lot of pomp and circumstance. And that's all it is. And says the Sefer HaChinuch, those are the guards in the Beis HaMikdash. Lamai nafgamina, there might be a halachic difference between the reasons. When do you need the Shmira? By day, by night, both. See, if it's just a Shmira issue, like the Svarno, I didn't quote it, the Svarno in source number 11, says it's just the Shmira to make sure people who shouldn't be there don't go there, so maybe you should only need it during the day. That's when people are around. Or if it's just about Geneva, maybe only at night. But if it's about Romamus Habayas, so maybe you'll need it always. Maybe it's always needed because we're always Maromim the bias. That's even just to close with a fascinating discussion the last source of the Yagdal Torah, they quote, 150 years ago, one of the Talmudim of the Kutzke Rebbe wanted to go open up a shul right close to Harabayas. Because he said, I want to be behind the mitzvah of Shmiras Mikdash. I want to go there. So, which reason was he holding? There's no bias. So he was obviously holding the first reason. Is this mitzvah noig bismanazeh? That's an that's important afkamina. Is there this mitzvah today? The Chayalim who do guard duty up on up near Harabayas. Are they fulfilling it? This is a Seda Raisa, making sure nobody goes past. They're not doing it for halachic reasons. They're going to do it for political reasons. But either way, maybe they can also have that Kavana. Either way, Lamaisa, we dive in for the day that we could fulfill this mitzvah b'milu'ah and not just Shmira, according to the Svarno, but Shmira, as the Sefer HaChinuch says, Lahader Habayas. As we get into Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, these dark months of on the Jewish calendar, just as we, uh, the Shabbos, Shabbos Sunday is Rosh Chodesh, let's just mention the Zohar that uh, we mention each year, but uh, it's always worthwhile to mention again, the Zohar tells us that 12 months in every year, 6 months were given to B'nai Yisrael, and 6 months were given to the Satan. Nisan, Iyar, Sivan were given to Am Yisrael, Pesach, Shavuos, and Tammuz of Elul were given to the Satan. Tammuz and Av. Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev were given to B'nai Yisrael. Tevi, Shvat, Adar were given to the Satan. The, 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 the depths of winter, the depths of summer, that's what the Satan, that's what the Satan gets. 
But the Zohar continues. It says we took back Adar with the story of Purim. We took back Elul through Tshuva. Mashiach is going to come when we take back the other four months. Tammuz of Teves and Shvat. Right? There's nothing going on really in those months. Right? Tupa Shvat. That's about it. But there's nothing. Tammuz and Av. We're about to start those two months. Right? The summer months. Tragedies of the uh, Am Yisrael. So we have to do our best to persevere and reinvigorate ourselves as we have an early Tammuz and Av this year. And Bez Hashem, we should be zochet to have these days as you may sasson v'simcha, Kodesh Baruch Hu should change. Okay, we'll stop. Again, next week the Shia will be either Sunday or Monday. We'll have to work out which day. Just um, got to speak to the powers that be and, uh, and work it out. Okay. Class, class.